This podcast is proudly brought to you by Infinity Media, incubating innovative businesses in the media industry. Hi, I'm Gordon Muller. I'm the guru in the Doc and Guru podcast. Thanks for being with us. For those of you who don't know me, I've spent over 40 years in the media industry in South Africa and uh, pretty much made it my home, my life, my passion. I have other passions, unfortunately, for my sins. I'm an Arsenal supporter and a Shark supporter, so we're going to do pretty much everything on the show as it pertains to media, marketing and money, but we don't take jokes about Arsenal or the Sharks. I'm Doug Mateus, uh, the doc on the show. Uh, and again, for those of you who don't know me, I've uh, spent 30 years in, in uh, various companies in South Africa uh, running uh, different marketing functions. And the last job I had, I was privileged in, uh, enough to work with a team that took uh, the brand to the fastest growing brand in South Africa in 2018 with a 47% year-on-year growth. So that was a, a great achievement uh, for the team and, and, and I'm really proud of that. Uh, from a personal point of view, I do a little bit of cycling uh, and also snow skiing. So we quite enjoy that. But again, uh, today's discussion is around all things marketing and media. Yep, that's right, Doc. All things marketing and media. No subject too big, no topic too small, no subject too hot to handle. Please get in touch with us on our Facebook page, follow us, like us, whatever it takes. We would love you to be involved with the show and uh, we really want to make it as inclusive and as energetic as I know this industry is capable of. Hey Gordon, how's it going? It's going well, Doc. I'm really looking forward to to chatting with our guest this morning. Um, it's yeah, it's just it's one of those interesting angles that thankfully with your old sports sponsorship connection, we're getting access to something really, really special this morning. And uh, I'm excited about it. Uh, I'm also looking forward to uh, we're kind of getting a day ahead of ourselves. I'm looking forward to our ladies in the semi-final uh, um, of, of the cricket down in, in New Zealand. You know, we're playing against England. So uh, Big, big game tomorrow. I think I'm going to try and do the whole hard yards up at three o'clock in the morning stuff. But uh, lacquer, but I mean, I think we, you know, we're talking about beat, beating England. I'm going to leave you uh, to uh, introduce our guest this morning. Yeah, thanks, Gordon. It's nice. And I mean, you know, through the, the years, we've had some really fantastic guests. Today is, today is no different. You know, guys that are winners and the lessons are not only on the sports field. You know, we know that to be the case. The lessons are in the boardroom. They're interpersonal lessons and, and so on. And so far, listeners out there, you know, today it's a big uh, welcome to an, an old mate of mine, Flukselia. Fluki, thanks for your time. A kicking coach today of the French team, Xbox. Uh, played many, many, many games for Western Province and a few other provinces. Bye-bye. Thank you for your day. Thanks for joining us. No, thanks uh, for having me on the show, uh, the two of you, and uh, I'm looking forward to a nice good chat. Thanks, Floki, and I mean, straight into it. I mean, the big news, obviously, from two weeks ago is you guys winning not just the Grand Slam, the Six Nations, the French team is really on the up. You're part of that inner circle of, of the coaches, uh, you know, the guys that are doing the work, uh, and there's a whole list of uh, top players. We'll talk about it now, but let's just talk a little bit about that journey. I mean, you've taken, you came into the setup two years ago. It's been a bit of a slog, but I mean, you guys have seen the results now. So please just give us a snapshot view of, of where the team is and, and obviously how pleased you are with the progress to date. No, definitely, Doc. I think uh, the big thing that, that stood out for us is, and uh, I think in the business world is the same, 
uh, you need to put in a hard yard yards, you need to put in the long hours. And the one thing that we realized when we started two years ago is that um, we, we need to spend time with them on the field. We need to coach them. And uh, we, need to, we need to really work hard uh, to put systems in place for the players and for the national team. And, and that was the one thing that Fabian said, that uh, we will work hard and uh, we will work not only hard, we will work smart. And to make sure that, uh, that we put the right stuff in place and we put the right systems in place. And, um, and, and the good thing is we have the buy-in of, of the whole players, of the whole squad, which is also important. And once we have the buy-in uh, and the way forward that we want to go, then it's just easier when you start work from scratch uh, and going forward. And, and that was good for us. No, I was just saying, Zork, I mean, you know, and, and I think the lesson for people out there is not just to put the structures in place, but also to sell those structures to the whole, all the constituents, that people understand why they do whatever they're doing, as opposed to just telling somebody, we're going to play this style or we're going to do this type of management. And I think one of the things, and I think it's probably fair to say that the French teams of past have had lots of skills and lots of stars, but somehow they always manage to sometimes trip over at the last hurdle, you know what I mean? That mental toughness. And I think you guys looking, and I mean, I quote you after that Welsh game, which wasn't a pretty game, you said sometimes you're going to learn to win ugly, uh, and it's that mental toughness. So again, that's another element that you guys have brought into that team, the belief to win and to guts it out. No, you're right, Doc. I think what happened in the first two years, um, especially in the last five to seven minutes, we will lose games. Um, where we under pressure, we make wrong decisions um, because of inexperience, because of we're still finding our feet as a team, because we're still, we're still learning in so many departments. And when we look at experienced teams like the Springboks and the All Blacks, how they close games and how they win games in the last five minutes, that was one of the topics that we addressed and said, listen, uh, for us to be co um, competitive and for us to, 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 to make a noise in World Rugby, we need to close games and we need to win the games. I remember last year at Twickenham, um, we actually outplayed England and, and we was we was leading England until the last five, seven minutes. And Mario Tojo scored a try in the right-hand corner and and, and, and Farrell kicked it over and we lost of two points in the last minute. So that was our learning school and we said, listen, we need to address that. And this year, we could, we could beat Wales away. That was a tough game for us. Um, we beat Scotland away and, and England put so much pressure on us that last game, that last 10 minutes where they came us and they throw everything at us and they attack from all from all over the field. And we've been able to stay calm. We've been able to stay in the process. And uh, as I say, we learned the first two years and that was good for us that we could close games in the last five, seven minutes. Yeah, I mean, that's wonderful. And I think, you know, I, I mean, the, the lesson again back off the, off the sporting field into the world of business is exactly that mental fortitude and that mental toughness and understanding that it's not over until it's over. You know, and I think, you know, a lot of young listeners out there, uh, it's that long journey of, of understanding the milestones and, uh, you know, being able to set yourself up for that journey. Gordon, sorry, I interrupted no, no, you. You I, wanted to chat? I, I was going to basically say the same thing. You know, uh, Flock was talking about getting buy-in. And uh, I was just wondering, you know, how you get buy-in now with professionals. In the old days, you know, if I think back to some of the low points of Bok Rugby, like in you know, 2003, the whole Kump Staldraat thing, that was su supposed to get buy-in from players, but obviously it didn't. So how, how do you work now when you're dealing with, with superstars? You know, some of the guys 
uh, in that French side being ranked as the number one in their position in the world. How do you get buy-in from guys who are number one in the world? Um, you know, where, where do you start? You know, because I mean, you, you've, you've got to get the discipline, but by the same time, you've got to recognize that there's a genius in there who, who wants to do his own thing. No, I, I think I think um, I think in business. That's why I love business and sport because there's so much parallels and stuff that work together. And I think the one thing uh, that was actually working for us and is now favor and not even though when you start a company, when you start coaching, um, we have a we have a new group of players, we have a new squad, and uh, we've never been together. The coaches never been together. So first, the coaches have to have to find each other. And and then we have to and then we have to talk to the team and and, and say listen for the next four years this is a way forward. Um, there's a few certain areas that we need to address and we need to improve. And uh, and, and it's always easy when you're starting with a new squad, haven't played together, haven't achieved anything, haven't coached together, nothing. <clears throat> Excuse me. So it was good for us and it's easier when you start from the scratch and say listen, there's only one way for us and that is up. And then it's easier to put systems in place, easier to put stuff in place. And then I think then it's easier to get the buy-in. And uh, and also important for any player, um, they also need to understand what their role is in the team. And, and, and in business, it's the same. Uh, the team always comes first. Um, the company always comes first. And you need to find your role in the company and you need to find your way in the company, in the team. And you have to understand what your contribution will be in the team or in a county in in a company, and uh, and then it just make it easier once you understand your role and what you want to achieve as an individual and as a player in the company on the team, then it's easier then to work with the guys in the squad and going forward. Yeah, and I think you know, Fluky, it, absolutely, it's to, to define those roles, and I think you know, it's that whole there's no I and team, but you do need the individual brilliance, you know, of, of the players. You look at any star-studded team, they've always got those guys, and the French team have always had it, but sometimes, you know, between the halftime break, a different French team runs out. You know, we've, we've yeah. all seen that, we've experienced, and it's frustrating because you say to yourself, but often, what happened in that 10 minutes? I mean, what did you guys drink in your water bottle? So, and, and I think now, you're managing guys that are really on the up. I mean, the most obvious case, and, and not to single out one guy, but he's IOB or World Rugby Player of the Antoine Dupont, uh, the, the French captain, the player of the tournament, your kickers that you're working with, young guys that are coming through, uh, Intermac and, and, uh, and, and your fullback. Uh, the, the guys are doing well, and it's, it's a question, I guess, uh, like in any team, to manage them to keep their feet on the ground, to still play their role, but to accept the fact that there are stars on the rise, and certainly your captain is, has, has already got to that stage. I, I, Doc, I think you mentioned one word, I think balance. They understand, I think they, they, there's two compartments. One is a team, um, and you have to understand this role in the team, uh, and what's important for the team, the team comes first. But also then, as you say, you've got the individual, you've got the talent, uh, you've got the super, uh, super athlete, they've got the talent. So I, mean, I think you need to find the balance to bring those two together. Um, for for the for the individual to operate with his talent in the team and understand his role, and I think the company is the same. I think um, um, you need to understand as an individual, you you may be a great salesperson, you may be a great marketing guy. You can you you also be networking, but you also bring that skill set as an individual, and you need to find a balance for the company and and, and take the company forward. But you can also make good progress as an individual and you can live you out and you can be yourself and you can 
yeah, I think it's his balance. For me, the balance is most important. If I look at, I was watching a, a documentary on Netflix about uh, the NBA, about uh, Michael Jordan, about the dynasty of 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 of, um, of the Chicago Bulls. I mean, they have like Michael Jordan there, and they have like Scottie Pippen there, all, but they were such individuals. But they also understand that they need to take their talent and make it part of the team, and that the team can benefit on the day. And I think that, that that's a bad thing. Just talking about balance, I mean, you know, watching the Six Nations for me has been fantastic. And I, I'm trying to find the right way to, to phrase this, but it's almost for me, I mean, for me, the, the Six Nations has set the benchmark now as, as, you know, that's the place you go to watch good rugby. Um, and But what I'm enjoying about it is it's, for me as an older guy, it's like watching old-fashioned rugby. There's forwards and they do forward stuff. And there's three quarters, and they do three quarter stuff. And that last game, Italy versus Wales, you see what happens when people get their roles confused. When the, when you get that little fullback taking the ball, and suddenly he's got a big, uh, overweight number eight, and then a prop on the wing, and and that's game on. But uh, how, how have you? Are you focusing on balance? Why is the game looking so good at Six Nations? It seems in the last two three years to be 20, 30, 40% better than it was um, you know, two, three years back. Now, you're, you're right. The one thing that stood out for me for Six Nations uh, was the skill set of, of, of first as a team, as a skill set, the tempo that the, 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 the game is played in, and then the, just the intensity. For me, the big thing was the intensity. If Ireland play Scotland or France play England or Italy play or Scotland, whoever, it's just the intensity in which a game is being operated. And the speed of the game and the, the skill level, as you say, between forwards and backs, just unbelievable for me. And that's the one thing that stood out to me um, in the six days in this year is, is, is the amount of skill level and the speed that the execution be done. It's a pass or the tackle or whatever the, the case may be. That's a, the skill level of the execution. And, um, and for me, and that's important now uh, as, as coaches and, and, and all the in all the teams, Scotland, Ireland, and Wales, is, is to find that balance. And uh, it's not that always easy to find the balance, but if you can find the balance um, with your skill set, what's important, what you need to focus on, where you want to be six months down the line, what you want to achieve, um, do you have strong group leaders, do you have strong leaders, whatever. Uh, and then, then I think it's easier and it's better then to find your balance uh, within your team. You're listening to The Dark and the Guru, proudly brought to you by Infinity Media. Floki, just adding to that, and I, I think, you know, just talking about, you know, balance and, and, and skills and all the rest of it, I think it's quite interesting. Besides what I would look at, and I've seen some of your kicking videos, your coaching, with your, your obvious skills are to, to work with the kickers, both, you know, four points as well as field position, all the rest of it again. But but what is interesting, Gordon, in terms of minimizing margin of error, is bringing in ex-retired uh, referee Jerome Garcia to talk Brilliant. to you guys about the discipline and those margins. They're so wafer thin that I look at the stats. I mean, no red cards, no yellow cards, uh, which is a huge difference. Uh, second fewest penalties in the in the tournament. Thoughts are there. And again, the lesson is to find those margins. They're so thin in business, but you can't ignore them and just look for the big things. You know, expect things are going to happen without going through everything. So that's an interesting thing, uh, dynamic that you guys have brought into the team. Now, now you're right, Doc. Um, to complete the bigger picture, 
it's like a puzzle. To complete the puzzle, you need to start with the with the first puzzle and the second one and put it together. And from there you can build on to make a bigger puzzle and complete it. And and, and, and discipline is, is 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 such a vital role or big the part within rugby now. If you can see the minimum of, of, of penalties, you have a good chance of winning games. If you if you don't concede yellow cards and red cards, as you say, you always play with 15 against 15. And then you have a fair contest. And and, and, and that's why Fabian was brilliant in bringing Jerome Garcia in, his experienced ref. He was a ref in the last World Cup. And his main focus is to work on the discipline and and and, and, and talk about discipline and, 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 and just to make the guys street smart in the games. Um, how do you talk to the ref and um, and just to analyze each ref and each uh, game, uh, what the ref is focused on, what is the ref language in the game, whatever, so the players can understand what type of ref they play with and what's the type of language that, that he spoke when you when you ref the game, and also then for for the players to make good smart decisions at the breakdown and 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 for eighty minutes, and uh, it's working well for us. Um, just to minimize our, our, our penalty count. And um, and that's a way, I think, going forward now, um, teams that, that can concede the minimum less amount of penalties, um, eight and under, that is a team that, that will be successful in World Rugby now. Just coming back to the issue of penalties, uh, Flock, one of the things, obviously, that you focus on is is the kicking uh, you know, for posts. And I'm now just reflecting on that. I mean, you talk a lot about mental toughness. How do you what what are some of the drills you take the players through? I mean, I played golf on Saturday and, and on the 18th hole I was putting for a new golf ball and I actually helped <laughs> off the green. I, I, I was t- terrified. My cousin had to help me off. I mean, I could barely hold the club. So I don't know. You know how do you begin to build that peace and that calm? Or you see the same thing with the, the golfer putting, you know, on the 18th for the masters and they just rock solid. Where do you begin to build that mental toughness with a with a player? Um, I think in sport, um, there's a big thing. Um, uh, I, did, I did a lot of research on that and I read a book about that uh, where they say process versus outcome. And uh, uh, I was reading a study with um, the one uh, 20, 2015, I think, where there was the Masters, uh, at the Masters, US Masters. And at once a specific goal, the number 12, which is a par three, it was very difficult where they walked in the front, yeah. in the back, they have the river. And, um, and the, and the, and, um, the bunkers, and then they first they interview all the professional golfers at the Masters near the ball in the water, and they ask them um, standing on the tee box, what do you think about? They said the first thing they come up in the mind is just don't hit it into the water. I can't be short. Uh, I need to be long. I have to take an extra club. And then they spoke to the players that um, that also hit it on the green that make birdies and make pars. Said, uh, what are you? What, what was your thought process standing on the table? Then I said it was easy. Uh, they just get the yardage, um, the direction of the wind, and they just hit the ball. Uh, so yeah, so that's process versus outcome. So a lot of the, the kickers, they they intend to focus on the outcome, uh, where the ball is going, and they focus on the crowd is booing, and they focus on it's important. We need to take these three points. I need to kick it over for the extra two points. So we, I just go to different, I just focus on the process and uh, the, the outcome will look after itself. So I work on the technique and I make sure that uh, he can stay calm, that he that he go through his process of getting the tee, make sure he calm down, make sure he put the ball on the tee, he get his thought process of what he needs to do 
and they just focus on the process and then the outcome will look after itself. So that's what we do, especially with the young players now, is just to focus on the process, focus on what's in front of you, ball in hand. Because that's the only thing that you can control is the process and what's happening with you in front of you, the ball and the kicking team. Once you kick the tee, you have no you have no control, you have no power over everything of the ball, everything. But a lot of the kickers, golfers, they so much focus on the process, uh, and and they forget about uh, they focus on the outcome, mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. they forget about the process, uh, and and that's where where the mis- the mishap is. Yeah, and I think I think that's very helpful advice for uh, for some of us um, in, in advertising. We get overwhelmed by the challenge instead of saying, "Well, my job is just to produce this part of the advertising." outcome and i'm just going to focus on that and just trust the other guys and the team to to do their bits i mean i think i think that's sound advice you know process uh, focus on the process control what you can control no no i say i'm, I'm a big believer in that and, and that is a big part of my coaching philosophy this is always to focus on the process and the outcome will look after itself and um, especially with schoolboys now if, if you talk to the schoolboys i normally ask them the question uh, what happened when you get a, a penalty and you go for post? The first thing they said is, I think about my coach said, I can't miss this kick. Or my dad said, don't miss your kicks today. So they focus on the outcomes. And I can tell you now, nine out of ten times, you won't miss the kick. The same as a guy who's playing golf now, the putt. If, he, if he's standing there and he said, oh, there's out of bounds to the left. There's water to the right. I can promise you, he will either hit it into the water or he will hit it out of bounds because he's already focused on the outcome. So that is mm. it's a big thing in sport, um, always to stay in the process and, and focus on about the process. Thanks, Fluki. And I think, you know, just, Gordon, just to add to your point about, you know, whether it's a media advertising, a marketing guy, CMO, product manager, whatever your function is, is to understand your process, you know, and, so, and, and just talking now, and, and, and I'd, first time I thought about it, traditionally, I think it's, it's fair to say that the French rugby had lots of flair and lots of flamboyance, and sometimes they'd win and sometimes they'd lose, but it was kind of a lottery. Whereas I think what, what you guys are saying, Floki, is you're playing the percentages now. You're not taking away. It's attractive rugby. It's great to watch, but there's a win ratio. And I think, you know, from our point of view, Gordon, is to produce attractive work that works, but you need to have a win ratio. And to do that, you need to make sure all those other steps are taken and don't just focus on holding up the trophy because a lot of people look at the end result is an integrated brand campaign and you're going to win a, yeah. an award, you know, yeah. but you need to do the hard yards as well. Well, so. it's, it's, it's a testimony to the joy of watching France play rugby over the years that if I were to isolate my top five moments of being at the World Cup, um, two of them would have been semi-finals, 1999 and 2007, um, against the All Blacks watching France, where the entire crowd was just doing the Allez le Bleu. So, uh, I mean, you know, that that's it's marvelous. I mean, but right, that's going all the way back to the to the 60s when we had the privilege of watching France for a couple of years before we went went lights out. Um, but that's glorious. I mean, t- t- those are the two of the highlights of our World Cup, and it's the same passion and and particularly in 1999 I, there was a point in the game where you could suddenly see the french suddenly realize they were going to win the game or they could win the game and the moment of doubt was visible in the all black player so i mean i love the fact uh, flock that you've been part of this wonderful partnership with france over many many years to produce winning rugby it's brilliant i i also think what what what's important and the, and the parable between business, doc, and business in sport is uh, uh, the more you win, the more the confidence, the confidence grows. The more you be successful, the more
or the self-belief goes. So, so I think in, in, in business as well, the more deals you can close, the more successful you is in a company, the more confidence you have, the more, the more um, your confidence is growing. And I think in sport as well, the more you win, the more the confidence is growing in the team, in the squad. But it was also important for us to, to start win, but not win, lose, win, lose, but mm. to win and keep winning. Because if you keep winning, you get confidence, um, the confidence grows. So that, that was important. I think that was always with the, with the All Blacks over the years. Because um, they have like 80, 80% plus win ratio. Now the last two, three years with the Springboks as well. Um, they stay calm under pressure. They know how to win games. And the more they win, the more the confidence, the more the self-belief grows. And I think in, with us the same. It was important for us to start winning, but to start win more consistently uh, just because for the confidence and the self-belief within the team. Flop, just yeah. a quick question. <laughs> yeah. Go on, Gordon. So I was going to say a quick question on, on, on that consistency of winning. How do you, you see the role of, of, of the captain, the leader uh, on the field these days? I mean, in the old days, you know, your, your captain's job was to clap you and make you trick a bicky harder, or, you know, whatever the whatever was required at that point in time. But the, the role of the captain now is so um, complicated. How do, how do you see the role? Or what is the role of the captain on the field? Does he have the power to, to change the game plan, when whether it's a business or, or, or a game of rugby? Does he have the power to change the game plan on the day, in the moment? Who makes those calls? No, no, no. The captain is very important. Uh, the captain must be in the same um, thought process. The captain must be in the same level as the coaches. Um, that's why the the communication between the captain and the head coach is, is very important. They need to be in, in, on, on the same path uh, in the thought process and uh, what's happening on the day. And also that, that as coaches, you need to trust your captain that on the day he will make the right decisions. Um, so, yeah, so, that, so a captain playing a big, big, big role. And, and, and again, the more experience you have for captain, the more experience uh, the captain in the team is, the more you win the more the easier it is for, for a captain to make decisions. But mm. um, that's why it's also important you need to have a captain that has experience. You need to have a captain that's also the best in his position uh, for you to make the decisions. And at, at the moment for France, uh, we've been blessed to have, to have a good captain in the point who understand the game. And uh, he's been making good decisions for us. And, uh, but also he understands his role as a captain in the team for the water coaches. Yeah, and I, and I mean, I think that's great. And I think from just the last point, I'm just cognizant of the time as well. The last point I want to make is obviously the most obvious point is, is besides the end of the year or internationals and, and we play you guys in Paris and, and that's a game that certainly we're going to look out and look forward to. The big thing is next year's World Cup. I mean, you guys go in there as one of the favourites, having beaten New Zealand last year, Australia away. Uh, and, and obviously Six Nations. So that's something to look forward to. I mean, the country must be getting, uh, certainly getting behind you guys now. No, I think uh, I think you're right, uh, Doc. I think um, uh, there's a massive ex ex expectations about the team because this is a talented team, and they say this is a, the squad and the team that can actually do well in the World Cup. And uh, and because of that, and winning a trophy now for for the French public before mm -hmm. the World Cup mm -hmm. also means a lot for them. So yeah, so so there's a big expectation um, within the squad and the team. Um, and in and, and the general French public, that uh, that, any, that anything good can, can happen next year. But also with the World Cup in France, I mean, there will be massive, massive pressure on the team, home nation, 
Um, so yeah, so that's, that's a few things that we need to address. Is the pressure and how to handle the pressure in the World Cup year? But uh, it's a good challenge. It's an exciting challenge and one challenge that we're really looking forward to. Doc, before you wrap up, just a quick point. And we're talking Rugby World Cup. I think we can say officially that in South Africa, the Rugby World Cup 2023 started today when Rassi Erasmus was writing in the column in the Daily Mail thanking English rugby for paying a collective 400 million to South African players to keep them in shape and give them game time at their own expense for next year. And I mean, talk about leadership and understanding the game. I mean, Rassi is a master. I mean, I just about fell off my chair. I was laughing so hard. He's just winding these boys up. I mean, you'd think they would give up and just leave them alone now. I mean, it's brilliant. So thank you, England, for paying us $400 million to give our players game time and, and your own players are not being developed. I mean, I'm being making light of it, but it is a good point, isn't it? He's talking about uh, Faf de Klerk, you know, starting uh, for sale ahead of his young talent, Rafi Quirk, at sale. So there's a 20-year-old scrum off that should be playing for England or could be, but he can't. He can't get a starting time for his own club. How do you see that management of talent, Flock? And then I'm going to leave to Dr. Rapp. No, it is. Um, I haven't read the article, but uh, I think uh, those type of players, uh, you can't afford them uh, with their salary in South Africa. And uh, the English clubs have, have a lot of money, a lot of pounds. So I think uh, I think that's how Rice is happy <clears throat> that these players can be paid by, by English clubs and they can be developed by, by good overseas coaches. Mm. And uh, and I, I think just for him, it's just a win-win situation. We don't have to pay them, and we don't have to coach them every day, and they be making better and making good progress as players individually. So once they join the Springbok squad, uh, they will coach and, and look after. So for uh, so the Springbok, it's a win-win situation. Even all the guys playing in Japan as well. Yeah, and I think, I mean, just to close up on that point, I mean, the, the good thing, I guess, as well, Flock, and you know it better than Sophie Gordon and I, is for those players to also get used to that uncomfortableness of playing away from home in the stadiums that they know in, in different conditions. In and, and so by the time it gets to the autumn internationals, now that's a bit of a misnomer for me. I would have called it the winter internationals because it's always cold when you get there. But, you know, the point of the matter is it's unco- it's not like playing uh, at uh, at Loftus or whatever the case. Looking, but I want to change tack now completely. We're running out of time, but a very, very, very important point, almost equally importantly for you as a passion and as a give back to, to, to your French recent win, is your foundation, the work you guys are doing, you're doing a lot of good stuff for uh, people less privileged. Please just tell us a little bit about it, and more importantly, how can people get involved? Yeah, no, no, I have um, a foundation, the Floxcore Foundation, and, and the, the main purpose of the foundation is to to look after the students and, and pay for their bursaries and for the students that want to study further, but they can't afford the course. We don't study now, it's expensive. So, yeah, so so we just get the, <clears throat> the people and... Um, and the students that uh, don't have the money and can't afford to, to pay for their studies, we, we, we pick up their check and we pay for them to go and study further. And also with that, we also be a mentor for them as well. So we not only pay for them, but we also sit down with them uh, once a month or whatever and just have a coffee with them and be a mentor for them and, 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 and have a good chat with them and make sure we walk the road with them until they they uh, get their degrees. So, so yeah, that, that, that's my art, is, is young people and, and to help them to make a difference. And so that is what we do. And Fluk, how can people get involved? How do they get hold of you if someone wants to put up their hand and be part of the process? Is there is there a web page or are you on social platforms? How do, how do I get yeah, hold of you? Yeah, on social platforms, they can get the hold. Obviously, they can get the hold on, on, on Facebook 
on, on LinkedIn, uh, which is a powerful tool. So yeah, so so I'm on that as Clocksmear. They can get hold of me. They can drop their inbox message, and uh, I can make contact with them, and we can have a chat and a coffee, whatever. And uh, yeah, if, if anyone, if anybody would get involved, uh, I would never say no to anybody wanting. And I think to, to our corporate listeners, you know, corporate sponsors out there, as maybe part of your marketing plan, if you're looking at, you know, engage with Flock, see what you can do in terms of your give back, see what Flock can do with you, etc. You know, I've used Sportsman through the years many times, Gordon, for this exact chat, you know, for those parallels. It's not the 80 minutes you see. That's the great bit. It's yeah. all the bits yeah. you don't see. And the, and the lessons, once you start unpacking those lessons, they're all there. So again, to our corporate sponsors, please, guys, reach out to Flock. Uh, if you want to chat about giving back and, and be part of a, a better society for South Africa going forward. Gordon, I don't know if you want to say anything before we close off. Allez le bleu. I mean, well done, Flock. Well done. <laughs> I've got, you've made my, my, I've got 60 oaks on my old rugby club WhatsApp group. Half of them are French. So I'm, I've got the happiest WhatsApp group in South Africa right now. Well, I'm just happy. I'm happy, Gordon. Flocky, you know, for start, Gordon had in Vorregespeel, so he has an aversion <laughs> in particular to number nines, okay? Number nines in red. So when I mentioned Anton Dupois, I was a little bit, I wasn't quite sure how it was going to go. And certainly by the time I got to Jerome Garcia, Gordon, so I'm so thankful that it's you process, didn't process. Your on my WhatsApp group, <laughs> on my WhatsApp group, the scrum off has to raise his hand like you do on a Zoom thing and ask permission to speak. We don't put up with that kind of nonsense anymore. We had to put up with it when we were playing, but not anymore. <laughs> like a good and thanks right, for your time. Rookie, thanks. I really, really, really appreciate your time. Well done again uh, on, on the recent win. Good luck with your foundation. Please, corporates, get involved. Rookie, thanks for your time. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Flock. Uh, thanks, Doc. Uh, thanks, it's, it's, it's nice chatting to you, and thanks for the, the great work that you're doing and always getting the word out. Um, I like listening to podcasts because that's where I learn also from from different different environments and different people. So I'm I'm always open to learning. So well done on your podcast and uh, thanks again for having me on the chat. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Rookie, yeah. and to all our listeners. Thanks, Gordon. Until next week, we'll catch you then. Ciao for now. And so that was another episode of The Doc and the Guru. Please don't uh, forget to get hold of us on Facebook, like us, follow us, uh, subscribe to the podcast. And then from my side, you can get hold of me on LinkedIn, Dr. Doug Mataz. I'm uh, very active and very keen to hear about your views uh, and certainly will respond. And hopefully we can bring that into the show. Thanks, Doc. And it's uh, Gordon Miller, the Guru, signing off. Thank you for being with us and listening into this podcast today. You can pick up the discussion with me on my Twitter handle, at Mzanzi Media. And I'd love to engage with you on any of the issues that we've taken on in the show. And take us at our word. This is really going to be an open forum. There are no subjects that are taboo. And we'd love to have some of the younger, more under-listened, if that's the correct phrase, uh, voices to join us uh, in this discussion. Thanks for your time. The Dark and the Guru, proudly brought to you by Infinity Media, incubating innovative businesses in the media industry.